Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you for joining me. Apologies for not releasing anything last week. Uh, was horse hunting again, so I'd actually left the house by 5.30 in the morning. Oddly enough, by the time I'd done a nine-hour drive and then walked Mecco, who came with me, really wasn't up to that much. Now, this week, I want to cover something that it's been bothering me for a bit, but there's a couple of uh, movies out at the moment and TV shows that have sort of um, brought it to the forefront. And it's really telling people that are looking at purchasing dogs, think before you buy. Uh, going back in the early 60s, Disney uh, released a movie, 101 Dalmatians, and it was a huge um, success for the time, rescued them because Sleeping Beauty had flopped, made them rather a lot of money. They didn't do a remake of that till the middle of the 90s because they felt responsible for the fact so many dogs had died because people had bought them after the movie. Now, a Dalmatian is uh, traditionally a coach dog. It ran all day with the coach and protected it. So you have a dog that's protective over its property and who's very, very fit. You know, they could run 16 or 20 mile, not kilometres, mile per day was, was pretty much a normal day for a working Dalmatian. Now, that's lovely if you're in merry old England or Europe a um, couple of hundred years ago, not so much in your average suburban backyard. And people would get these high energy dogs who are very, very smart and realise they couldn't cope. Now, there's been a TV show recently called Muster Dog. I believe it's the ABC. And there's a lot of Kelpies and Coolies. Red Dog was also a couple of years ago and Red Dog did not do the Kelpie any favours. Everybody wanted a dog like Red Dog. But Red Dog lived out in the outback and was doing umpteen miles per day, had heaps and heaps of space and was with a lot of people. People get them and put them in tiny little inner suburban yards and both Kelpies and Coolies are not only high energy, they're incredibly smart, become incredibly frustrated and can be very, very destructive if they're not given both mental and physical stimulation. So people are getting these dogs with absolutely no concept of what they're getting themselves in for because they want a dog like what's on the telly. Um, the poor old Maremma suffered a lot with the movie Oddball, as did the Anatolian Shepherd, um, with cat, both cats and dogs, friends with benefits, and in Caton and Leopold, I believe, which was released in 2001, it was um, they had an Anatolian Shepherd as an apartment dog. Uh, 
Now, Anatolians, for those of you who don't know, and Maremmas are livestock guardians. They live out with flocks. They're also known for protecting um, flocks from cheetahs, but they live out with the flocks and protect them from wolves and bears and foxes. It takes a very dedicated owner to take on either of these dogs in a suburban environment and give it a good quality of life. They're a working dog. They are not bred for suburban backyards. Um, and there, again, there was a heap went. Uh, I have a Saplananak, also known as a Macedonian mountain dog or a Yugoslavian mountain dog. Um, now, he is also a livestock guardian. Now, poor old Meko was um, seized by the RSPCA, had the chain cut out of his neck, so he hasn't had um, a normal life in inverted commas, lots and lots of damage to his body. So he's slightly different. But I have to say for a fairly rare breed, I'd say there'd be 10 Anatolians for every SARP in Australia. Um, Don't quote me on that. That's just a figure that I've seen. I'm absolutely horrified at the amount of SARPs winding up in pounds because I don't know whether people are telling the breeder what they want to hear, irresponsible breeding. I suspect a combination of both. And the Sarp is an incredibly good-looking dog. Looks like a giant teddy bear. Looks very friendly. You know the old never judge a book by its cover? Think of that with a Sarp on guard duty. You really don't want to get near them. Um, Meko's a fabulous, fabulous ambassador for the breed. Everybody knows him and comments on him. But he was out of a pound as well. People get these dogs. They don't cope well with suburbia. They're incredibly protective. They bark a lot because the barking is one way of warning off predators and would-be threats. And of course, you get a 60 to 80 kilo dog barking loudly repeatedly. Yeah, your neighbours really aren't going to love you if you're in an, in a suburbia. Um, now, there's another one coming out called Dog, which will have a Belgian Malinois that's either just been released or is due to be released. Now, Belgian Malinois are very, very smart dogs. Uh, they need to be trained. They need constant work. A bored Belgian Shepherd or Belgian Malinois is not something you want. And again, everybody's going to go and want to get a dog like whatever this particular dog will be called. I have no idea. I haven't seen the movie. And it will do a massive, massive disservice to the breed. You need to think. I was actually called by my old gardener uh, a couple of days ago. Now, he wanted me to find a home for a seven-month-old pit bull. Lovely, lovely dog. Now, the people had got it, obviously, in lockdown. And had suddenly realised that the dog was cramping their style. Dad used to spend an awful lot of time interstate for work and they'd always travel. And they suddenly realised, oh, well, we can't travel if we've got a dog. Uh, Both the parents work, mum works, there's a couple of kids, mum's busy, doesn't have the time to put into the dog. Obviously, the dog's becoming destructive. So what do they do? Offload the dog. And whilst credit to them for trying to find a good home for him while he's young enough to be adopted... My question would be, what the bloody hell were you thinking to get a dog in the first place, let alone a pity? Any dog, if you're travelling regularly, why didn't you think of that? Obviously, circumstances haven't changed. So really have a good think before you take a dog on because once you have, it's often too late. 
And at the moment, as I've said in a previous podcast, there are thousands and thousands of dogs being dumped again. It does my head in. Uh, I think as a society, we need to step up and do a lot better. Look at it from the perspective of what are you teaching your kids? That life is disposable and you can get rid of it if it no longer suits you. I do understand for a lot of people at the moment, the rental market is incredibly difficult, but it doesn't mean you can't have a dog. I rent, I have dogs. Yes, it means I'm knocked back from an awful lot more rentals than I would have otherwise, particularly a large 60 to 80 kilo dog, oddly, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. I've had to live further out than I've wanted. I've lived in some absolute dumps um, that really should have been condemned. But if it's either that or keeping my dog, that's what you do. You live in a dump. So again, people need to start thinking about this. And if you're looking for a dog, examine why. Why are you looking for a dog? Is it for company? Is it for protection? What do you expect from your dog? And what can you give your dog? Have a really good hard think about it. Sit down and write out one day, your go back through a diary if you keep one, and work out your movements for the last month, preferably two. How many times you went to work, how many times you're away from the house, be it caring for someone else, going to catch up with a friend for coffee, going out in the evening to the theatre, the movies, because we can do these things now, going to a friend's place. Have a really good look at how long you are away every day. When was the last time you went on holiday? And then have a good hard think. Am I prepared to give this up? If I'm working nine to five and I take on an extra day at work, am I prepared to then give up my going out because it's not fair to leave the dog again? If the answer is no, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, don't get a dog. If you are looking to get a dog at the moment, don't just go to the breeders, go to the pounds. There's a bucket load of really good dogs out there. And whilst I certainly can see and in actual fact agree to a certain point about potentially dogs from pounds with very young children, um, it can be a risk when you don't know what their history is. Equally, there's this thing called parenting that I very rarely see responsible parenting these days around dogs. Sorry, parents, but it's the truth. Um, And if you can't supervise, the dog should be separate from the kids 100% of the time. If you're not prepared to do that, do not get a dog. I repeat, if you are not prepared to supervise 100% of the time, regardless of dog, breed, age, etc., whether you've owned the dog for a long time or not, do not get a dog. That simple. But There are heaps and heaps of great dogs in the pound through no fault of their own. And people say, oh, but yeah, it's so much extra work. It's not. It's simply different work. Give me an older dog um, rather than a young puppy. It's For me, that's much easier. And it's no different house training an adult dog than it is to house training a puppy. The same rules apply. It's the same for walking and everything else. Just because you haven't got the cutesy puppy doesn't mean the same socialization rules don't apply. Always, 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 if your dog isn't allowed to do it at two years of age, don't allow it to do it at two months of age. These are the sorts of things people need to keep in mind when they're purchasing a dog. 
but please don't do it as a whim. It's a huge responsibility. You are taking on another life. Ignore the children if they want a dog. Hell, I wanted a dog for 15 years before I got one, but have a good hard think. There are worse things for both you and the dog than not having a dog. Having a dog that doesn't work for you and your family is no fun for the family and it's absolutely no fun for your four-legged companion. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking With The Animals. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. And please, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to drop comments. If you have any questions or topics you would like covered, again, drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. Take care, stay safe, and until next time, remember to talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator, CST, and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.